Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I present to you, Brother Chris Lutke. This is Brother Chris Lickie, and today I want to explore the mosaic pavement. It's the kind of symbolism, the kind of lesson that is often overlooked by many Masons, and yet it has several levels of interpretation and understanding that could be very important to really trying to develop ourselves as men and as Masons. The mosaic pavement or checkered floor seen in many lodges would appear a simple idea. But as with all unassuming lessons, nuance and interpretation can bring greater depth to this very modern form or modest form. One can say that the floor represents good and evil. This is the typical lesson. But what if it goes deeper? What if it embodies ideas of duality, balance, and ancient universal ideas. Today, we're going to examine the checkered pavement on its own without much mention of the blazing star or border. In doing so, I hope to bring depth to this often overlooked symbol of the craft. But of course, as with everything, we need to start by defining our terms. The mosaic pavement is an old symbol of masonry and it is met with in the earliest ritual of the last century so it's a very old form one that's been with us for a long time and is generally considered among the ornaments of the lodge along with the indented tessel and the blazing star its multicolored stones of black and white have been readily and often appropriately interpreted as symbols of evil and good of human life, of this sort of sense of duality, but I would argue that it actually goes much further. And before we get into that, I want to deal with the history of this symbol because it's actually fairly old, not just Masonically, but within ancient civilization. Now, the earliest mention of the mosaic pavement goes back to 1726 in advertisement for a lecture entitled Andalusian Masonry in London at the time. So it goes back to nearly the public development of Masonry in 1717. But this idea of a checkered mosaic pavement or black and white checks is actually surprisingly universal and very old. Moral dualism began as a theological belief. Moral dualism is this concept that there is good and evil. Sometimes the terms are going to be changed. I mean, if you read about evil, for example, Roy Baumeister's book on evil, he goes into a very long definition. But here I'm going to deal with it specifically as duality. And this idea of dualism was first seen implicitly in Egyptian religious beliefs in the West by the contrast of the gods Set and Osiris, Set being disorder, chaos, and death, and Osiris being order, civilization, or life. And so we've got that sense of duality, that there are two halves of life. 
The first explicit conception of dualism will come to us from ancient Persia and the religion of Zoroastrianism around the mid-5th century BC. Zoroastrianism is a monotheistic religion that believes that Ahura Mazda is the eternal creator of all good things. Positive, God, uh, deity, etc. Any violation of Ahura Mazda's order arises from Druj, D-R-U-J, which is everything uncreated, representing chaos, representing entropy, representing things falling apart, sort of the opposite of what you would expect in the civilized world. From this comes a significant choice for humans to make. Either they fully participate in human life for Ahura Mazda, or they do not, and they go down the path of chaos, entropy, anarchy, and give Druj power. Personal dualism is even more distinct in the beliefs of later religions. The religious dualism of Christianity, this concept of good and evil, is not a perfect dualism, of course, because God is set up as being superior in many ways, more powerful than Satan. But that dualism is still there, heaven and hell, good and evil, etc., Early Christian dualism is largely based on Platonic dualism and Zoroastrianism. Long story there, at some point I might cover early church history. There is also a personal dualism in Christianity with the soul-body distinction. Now this one's going to be important when it comes to masonry, because when we think of dualism, we don't typically think of the soul and the body, except in Christianity we do. This concept of the spiritual and the physical as two separate things, two separate identities, and we're going to come back to that. Now let's look at some interpretations. I'm going to start at the base level, and much like when we talked about a certain point within a circle, here I'm going to deal with multiple interpretations, going more and more in depth, sort of peeling back the layers of the onion as we look at the lesson. So let's start with the basics, good and evil. This is a very old idea. In religion, ethics, philosophy, and psychology, good and evil is a very common dichotomy, a very common duality. For example, in Abrahamic faiths, so this would be Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, evil is perceived as the dualistic, antagonistic opposite of good, in which good should prevail and evil should be defeated, as if there's this constant cosmic conflict going on between good and evil, and we simply act as pawns within this battle. However, in cultures, for example, with Buddhist spiritual influence, both good and evil are perceived as part of an antagonistic duality. So, same idea, this duality of two opposites constantly fighting. However, in Buddhist belief and many Eastern beliefs, this duality must be overcome. In the case of Buddhism, through achieving Sunyata, meaning emptiness in the sense of recognition of good and evil, being two opposing principles but not reality, emptying the duality of them and achieving a oneness. What is this saying? Basically, what it is saying is if you look at good and evil, you'll recognize, just like Baumeister writes in his book, and this is the second time I'm bringing it up, his book is Evil Inside Human Violence and Cruelty that good and evil don't actually exist. They are perceptions. They are, well, in terms of Star Wars, 
if you look at that last of the prequels, you have Darth, or who's going to become Darth at the time, Hayden's character, uh, Anakin, saying from his perspective, the Jedi are evil. And, and the thing is, no one ever goes into things thinking they're doing evil. This is one of Baumeister's points when we look at good and evil. Or Buddhism's point. It's all about ideology. It's all about who's writing about it later. No one in history ever went in and did something and said, I'm being the bad guy. They always have their reasons, and that makes it particularly dangerous. But that's what the Buddhists are getting at, this idea that good and evil don't truly exist. It's simply a framework that we use, an artificial framework to understand our world. Now, Pythagoras, of course, is going to weigh in. We need to talk about Pythagoras because we're Masons and we're looking back at the Greeks and he is one of the early ones. And he comes up with the table of opposites. This is the oldest surviving uh, table of this sort used by philosophers. And there were multiple versions of these. And he goes through a number of opposites, finite, infinite, male, female, rest, motion, etc. But amongst them is good and evil, looking at them as two completely separate concepts. So when we look at this as good and evil, we could look at this as the cosmic battle between good and evil, or we could look at in sort of the Eastern idea of removing the framework and recognizing that good and evil don't actually exist. It's an artificial construct. When thinking of the idea of duality and the concept of good and evil, black and white, sacred and profane, an image immediately enters any listener's head, and that's probably that of yin and yang or the checkered pavement, either one having similar ideas. While this symbol has become a sort of pop culture icon in recent times, its symbolism is deep and its meaning applicable to the subject. It's basically giving us the concept of of duality and balance. If we look at Hinduism, if we look at uh, China and the yin and yang symbol, that comes from a philosophy of design, a philosophy of life known as feng shui which says that all things must be balanced. And that is sort of what we're seeing with this duality of the checkered pavement. We have equal parts, black and white. We have balance, and some of the black must exist within the white and vice versa. That's simply how life is. So while it has numerous interpretations, it demonstrates this concept of duality, of balance, of there being two opposites that must coexist because if they don't coexist, then the world doesn't function. Incidentally, this is why we see those very erotic sculptures on Hindu temples, etc., because it's showing a sense of duality, the male and female coming together, and without that, there is no balance, there is no life. So this is... uh, black and white, and it means that we must have both. So we're going beyond good and evil. We're saying that we must have both black and white. That's this idea of dualism, that they're two separate things. But we can go further. We can go into balance. Now, the synonym balance is an important term because the position of this floor is where the erect human body may be found. So we stand on the mosaic pavement. We are taught to avoid irregularity and temperance and divide our time equally. These lessons refer to the importance of balance in a mason's life. Therefore, the symbolism of the mosaic pavement could be interpreted to mean balance, providing the foundation of our Masonic growth. 
Maintaining balance allows us to adhere to many Masonic teachings. By maintaining balance, we may be able to stand upright in our several stations before God or man. We are charged to keep balance in our lives so that we may ensure public and private esteem. It is also very interesting that the concept of justice is represented by a scale which is balanced, and, scale, and justice is described as being the foundation of civil society. So what we're looking at is the basic balance, but let's take it one step further. The floor or groundwork of the lodge, this, these black and white squares, this tile work, denotes the dual quality of everything connected with the terrestrial life and the physical groundwork of human nature, the moral mortal body and its appetites and affection. So we're taking it one step further. We're not looking at just as balanced, but as a floor, as something that is terrestrial that we can separate ourselves from. The web of our lives is a mingled yarn, good and ill together, writes Shakespeare. Everything material is characterized by inextricably interblended good and evil, light and shade, joy and sorrow, positive and negative. You can't always be happy, for example, because if you are, happiness means nothing. You must have sadness. We cannot appreciate summer if we don't have winter. And these are all material things. So as good for me may be evil for you. Again, getting at that deeper concept of good and evil. So pleasure could be generated from pain and ultimately degenerates into pain again. What is right to do at one moment might be wrong the next, or someone might be intellectually exalted one day and correspondingly depressed the next. So we're dealing with, again, the material. Having learned and outgrown its lesson, we are ready to outgrow the sense of this checker work existence. And those opposites cease to be perceived as opposites, but are realized as a unity or synthesis. In other words, by showing the duality, by showing good and evil, by showing balance, we recognize that these two things are actually the same. That it's a construct. This is a very Buddhist idea that we're coming across. To find that unity or synthesis is to know the peace which passes understanding i.e., which surpasses our present experience. Because in it, the darkness and the light are both alike. And our present concept of joy and evil, sorry, of good and evil, joy and pain, are transcended. Looking past good and evil is like looking past the face of the clock to see its inner workings. We start to really understand the human condition at that point. Now, I said that the floor is representative of the earth. Every mason is intended to create his own personal temple and make, a, make it a place where he and deity could meet. By the mere fact of being in this dualistic world, every living being, primarily human, whether mason or not, walks upon these mingled pavements of good and evil, black and white. So at the pavement, the floor is the symbol of elementary truth. But for us, the words walk upon imply much more. They mean that he who aspires to be master of his fate and captain of his soul must walk upon these opposites in the sense of transcending and dominating them. We must rise above this duality. This will make us indifferent 
to the ups and downs of fortune, very stoic. The attractions and fears governing ordinary men and swaying their thoughts and actions in various ways. His object is the development of an innate spiritual potency. And it is impossible that these should develop so long as he is overruled by his material tendencies. So, it is by growing beyond these and attaining serenity, mental equilibrium, under any circumstance, that a mason truly walks upon the checkered ground of the mosaic pavement or the checkered ground of existence and the conflicting tendencies of his material nature. So what that's getting at is once you get past the ideas of good and evil, you can begin to truly understand the spiritual. You can transcend or you can find enlightenment in Buddhist terms and move beyond the physical world. Suddenly, good and evil, for example, are meaningless as constructs. And that's good. That means that we can now see things through a much clearer lens. Yes, it means more nuance. It means looking at things and recognizing, once again, that no one does evil because, hey, I want to go out and do something evil today. There's always something behind it. And if we eliminate the idea of, well, they're evil, and we look at why they're doing it, then we can see that inner work, and we can see why it's happening. We can be more in touch with humankind. We can be more in touch with the spiritual. So, let's draw these ideas together. There is a vast variety of symbolism presented to new Masons. And it's easy for the symbol of the mosaic pavement to be lost in the sea of information that we provide. A deeper look, however, demonstrates that the symbol serves to demonstrate the ideals which form the foundation of our Masonic growth. So, it's all about looking at this lesson and looking deeper and deeper, starting with good and evil, moving to duality, moving to balance, moving to transcendence. And you have to understand each of these lessons so that the next one works. Living in balance makes us healthy, happy, and just. You can't be just if you're judging someone who you think is evil. You have to look at them as a human, moving beyond that duality. If our feet are well balanced, both literally and figuratively, we may be able to serve the purpose of our fraternity better and better serve deity, whatever form that may take. Thank you for joining me, Brother Chris Lidke, and the entire Further Light team on your quest to find more light through masonry. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org to learn more about masonry and access further educational content and more light. Once again, that address is wimasons.org. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at education at wisconsinmasons.org. And thank you for listening.